for my real fans. Ian. Episode five. Episode five. Let's go. Let's fucking go, dude. Buddy's here. Buddy's here. I'm here. I made it. Cheers. Cheers. Oh. Mmm. Mmm. So I was watching Andrew Santino and Bobby Lee, Uh and they were talking about divine intervention Mm -hmm. and destiny, Mm -hmm. and if you believe in it or not. Yeah. And, uh... Like butterfly effect shit? mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So it started getting me thinking, are there situations, and I've thought about this before, what are the moments in my life that I could have gone left, Mm -hmm. and I went right, Yeah. and vice versa? And did those decisions, there's certain decisions that completely changed the outcome of yeah. where I was going. Mm-hmm. If And uh, anyways, I thought it was an interesting topic that they were going off of. So yeah, let's hear it. You what do you got? What do I got? Yeah, what, you, what do you got? Let's go. What's, your, uh, what's your, your point that got you here, that you feel is your point that got you here? So here's this story you never knew about. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I've never told you this before. Yeah. So You may have. I just may have been drunk. I used to tell this, I used to have this story and I would call it in my head when a man doesn't get off the couch (laughs) because that was the moment. If I would have got off the couch versus not getting off the couch, it changed the entire uh, trajectory of my life. Okay. Before you get into it, I just want to confirm you titled one of your own memories. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Let's hear it. Because I told (laughs) you. Yeah, this memories. You don't title your memories? <laughs> no, I don't narrate my own memories. This in my life. memory's called If a Man Got Off a Couch. <laughs> okay. But the whole point I'm talking about is well, so there was a time. So before I moved to Utah, this mm-hmm. was probably 2009 ish. Uh-huh. And uh, I was chasing after this girl. And I was living in San Diego. She was living in Sacramento, and I was going up and down yeah. all the time to go visit her. Yeah. And uh, there was one moment. So the the story is there was one moment. Yeah. I went down there. I was staying at her house. Uh-huh. And um, so you're homeless. I was living in San Diego. Uh-huh. Went to visit her in Sacramento. Yeah. Was going to stay at her house in Sacramento. Oh, okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Been chasing after her. Okay. And there was this one moment. So we had been hanging out, having so much fun uh, for several days. We're hanging out at her house, and now it's time to go to bed. So uh, she goes upstairs to go to bed. I make a bed on the couch, and I went to fall asleep on the couch. And then she came back downstairs and said, you're just going to sleep downstairs? And so naive, I'm like, yeah, I'm good. (laughs) Turn over and go to sleep on the couch. I didn't think anything of it at the time at all. And she was a real straight-laced girl, and I don't know. I didn't want to – I just thought I was going to sleep on the couch. And so that was it. That was the last time I hung out with her. That was the last time I saw her. And uh, I had talked to her about a year later, <coughs> and I asked her – because I'd always thought that. I looked back, and I had told a couple people about this, and they're like, mm-hmm. why did you stay on the couch? Yeah. I'm like, I don't know. It was time for bed. Yeah. I thought I had to sleep on the couch, and – I slept on the couch, and such a good guy. <laughs> so I, I'm talking to her much later, and I asked her that question. I said, "Hey, that one time that I was at your house, and you asked me if I was going to stay on the couch, mm-hmm. was that an invitation?" Yeah. And she's like, "Yeah, dude, you blew it." 
And I had already been thinking that before. So that's why I call this if a man got off a couch. Mm. Because I look back now, she lives out of the country, married with kids, living a great life. Yeah. And I look back on that sometimes. And I'm like, if I would have got off the couch, <laughs> then I would probably uh, be dating her at that point. Because I was still chasing her. Mm. And so I didn't get off the couch. It all fizzled after that. And I never saw her again. And I had wondered if I had got off the couch, we started dating. It was right before I moved to Utah. Oh. I wouldn't have moved to Utah. Yeah. If I was in a serious relationship with her, yeah. I wouldn't have moved to Utah. Yeah. If I didn't move to Utah, you keep following the dominoes in your head. Yeah. I probably I would have never met you. We wouldn't have been here. We wouldn't be doing the shitty podcast. Nothing, nothing like this would be going on. No. And so I keep. So it's just in my brain sometimes, like. If you make one decision, because I can make lots of decisions, they don't affect the trajectory of my life. What this was one decision yeah. that I look back and I'm like, man, if I had not, like I moved to Utah, I got closer to my family when I moved to Utah. I met Sam when I got here to Utah. Yeah. Um, everything went forward. Yeah. And so I always think if I didn't get off the couch, what would my life look like? We wouldn't be sitting here. I wouldn't be married to Sam. I'm not saying I would still be with her, but my life was going in a full Fully different direction. Different direction. Yeah. And so what Santino and Bobby Lee were talking about was uh, Bobby Lee had said, everything in my life, all the decisions I've made have brought me here to this moment right now. Yeah. Like you sitting in this chair with me right now. Every decision you made have brought you to this point. Right. I don't know if I agree 100% with that because I'm not saying every decision you make takes you to where you are right now. I'm thinking there's certain big points in life mm-hmm. that like you make as major ones, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. major decisions that take you to where you're at. Yeah. And so I was interested on what your thought is on it. Every decision brought you to where you're sitting. Are you sitting right here right now because of all the decisions that you made? I don't know. I don't know if it's all the decisions I made make or made in my life, but I, I think the majority of them probably had a have a pretty good. Um, impact on your life like even the small ones that we don't even really think about even like just the 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 small ones that we we don't think about we don't create a title for you know if guy gets on the couch (laughs) you know but i i I think a lot of the decisions that we make yeah definitely have an impact on where our life go where our lives go and kind of all that i have a very like a similar story too like um my life, like the one pivotal like decision that I made in my life too, um, back in high school, I was with a friend and, um, you know, we were, we were fucking around doing high school shit, you know, messing around doing stuff, whatever is what it is. Um, but I remember leaving a friend's house and we had a, a, a decent amount of, uh, marijuana on us, pot, weed, Devil's lettuce, Lord's loud, whatever you guys want to call it. Um, <laughs> Lord's loud. <laughs> well, you know. So, on the way home, I, I'm taking him to drop him off. My grandma calls me. Shout out to Grandma Bess. Uh, but she calls me. She's too old. She won't be able to find this shit. Um, she calls me, asks me to stop by the store, get her some eggs and milk. Go. I'm like, hey, we've got to make a pit stop. Go stop there. He stays outside to smoke a cigarette. I go in, get the stuff for my grandma, come back out. Everything seemed all normal. He's talking to some random dude. Get back in the car. He's like, hey, this dude wants me to sell. He, he says, hey, this dude's my cousin, um, and he wants me to sell him some weed from the weed that we just picked up, like our stuff that we're smoking. And 
I was like, no, dude. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't know this guy. What the hell? So I start the car and drive off. As I'm driving, he's convincing me. He's telling me, like, hey, let's just do it, man. Like, just let me sell him a bag of weed real quick. Yada, yada, yada. You're saying that? No, my friend is. And, to you? Yeah, to me. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, and this was my guy Moment. gets off the couch. Moment. It's like, I could have just drove, dropped him off, went home. Nothing would happen. At that time, I was uh, I took my ASVAB. I was signed up to go to the Air Force. Um, I was leaving right after school. So my life would have been completely different. Instead, I was like, all right, whatever. Circled back around. Went out there with him. Told him back weed. As soon as we get back in the car, whoop, all the cops roll up. <laughs> yep. And, yeah, I got a Joe. And... For selling a little bit of weed? Yeah, a little bit of weed in California where it's legal now, recreationally. Um, but, yeah, he, I was, I, it was on September, uh, whoa, that's weird. Oh, no, September 12th, because it was a month and it's a my day. birthday. A month and a day after my birthday. And so I just had turned 18. I was a month and a day over Ooh. 18. Adult. My friend's still 17. Most of my friends were still 17 at the time. And a minor. Yep, they take me to jail. <clears throat> and hit me with everything they can. Trafficking. Uh, trafficking sales, for selling a tiny uh, little bit? Sales of narcotics. Uh, I thought you said it was weed. Everything, yeah. But at the time, well, even now, federally, it's uh, a Schedule 1 drug still. It's a, still considered like a narcotic. It's the same as if I was selling heroin. Really? Yeah. Hmm. And so, yeah, that day, um, that that evening changed my life forever. Like, I don't. I don't know where you I'd weren't be able to go into the Air Force because of that. No, Mm-mm. you need a clean record to get into the. I don't understand. Yeah, you can't have a felony. You can't have a felony Mm-mm. to go in, at all no. at any point in your whole life. I, I I imagine so. Yeah, but yeah, for me they're like no. That's crazy because it seems like the people that uh, enter the military, mm-hmm. the kids that go into the military at eighteen, mm-hmm. a lot of them. Seem like they go into the military because they either need structure or mm-hmm. guidance or yep. something, right? It's mm-hmm. a last resort. I'm not saying all of them. I'm sure there's tons of people that go into it yeah. years ahead planning right, right. to go into it. Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of people that got into the military because they didn't have any other choice. Yeah, uh, They were spiraling. Yeah. So they went military. That's kind of what I thought, too, like going into like the court and everything like that. I was like, well, I'll just plead my case and yada, yada, yada. I got a public defender that was trash. He was completely trash. I went in. He convinced me not to fight it at all and uh, to take like a plea deal um, so that I wouldn't go to jail because I, I was scared. I was a kid. And my grandparents were in the frame of mind of like, you got yourself into this shit. You get you like you figure it out. You're, what happens if you fight now. it? Well, or why so would you fight it? Wasn't it a cut and, un- under cut and my dry? understanding? If I fought it, he said, "Hey, if you fight this, you're in a predominant." And he was, and I don't know if this was true or if he was just scaring the shit out of me. But he said, "You're in a predominantly white area, and the people in this area are your your jury's going to be, you know, in the age range of forty five to seventy year old." Um white conservative people and you are a young hispanic kid that got got caught selling marijuana to another white kid in their neighborhood he's like so realistically 
those are your those are your odds that you're going up against. And if you get convicted of it, if you fight it and you go to you get convicted, you're doing a minimum of ten years in prison for selling a little bit of weed. Mm-hmm. So he scared you into it. So that scared what year shit was this, out of you me because I've never been to, I've never been to jail. This is early two thousands, mid uh, two thousand three. Yeah, and so I'd never been to jail. I was like, oh, f- damn, for real? Like I can't go to prison? Like I'm, dude, I just turned eighteen. Like if I go to prison, my life is changed forever. Like, How long I'm were you facing? Ten be. years? He said minimum of ten years <clears throat> because of my charges bad. that they were putting on me. That's not bad. You'd be out by your. 28. No, I didn't say it wasn't bad. Oh. It sounds like baloney. Oh, yeah. It sounds so, like trafficking. <clears throat> but I didn't know. Stuff. Yeah, but I didn't know. So I was like, all right, so what's the alternative? He said, well, you plead guilty to this. They get rid of the rest of the charges, and you don't do any jail time. I'm like, well, that sounds great. Then let's do that. And so I pled guilty to cells of marijuana, which is still considered a Schedule One narcotic. Still took that. And... Yeah, next thing you know, I go to my sentencing, and um, he's gone. Somehow I just got a new public defender, and <laughs> the new public defender comes up to me. He's like, we need to talk. Takes me in this back room. Shout out to public defenders. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to public defenders. You guys are fucking trash. Uh, he comes back in, and he says, what did you do? Like, he literally was just blunt. Like, what did you do? I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, why did you plead guilty to this? And he's and I was like, well, I don't know. He told me that I should or else I was going to go to prison for like 10 years at least. He's like, dude, there's this case is so jacked. Like, you should have never done that. And I was like, well, I didn't want to go to jail. So that's why I made the decision. I so don't want to go to jail. And he said, oh, you're going to jail. I was like, what? Oh, you're going to jail. No, no jail. And I was like, my heart kind of sunk. And I was like, what? And yeah, he's like, no, yeah, you're going to jail. And we walked out there. Did my sentencing. Judge says, hey, two years prison. Boom. With the plea? And I was like, what the fuck? Like, my, my like you know when you're on a, oh uh, a roller coaster? Oh, stomach. Dude, it was gone. I was just like, my eyes started tearing up. I was like, no, no. Then he came back and said, he's going to suspend um, a year and a half of it. Um, granted that I have good uh, standing or whatever. And so... Yeah, ended up uh, going to jail. For so what's fascinating in the in both of our stories then is where does uh because now you know your life would have been completely different. Mm-hmm. I'm not unsatisfied with my life now. Me either. No, I think it was a really good learning experience. But I do think about like or what I'm curious is about regrets. Like, do you regret not getting off the couch? No, not necessarily because. Um, it's kind of crazy when you think back about it. It's like, all right, I got to, re- in my mind, like I've had to change this mentality because for a long time I, I hated it. And like, you know, I was always pissed off about it, but I had to change my mindset and just say, Hey, things happen and eh, you got to learn from them. And to me, I'm like, Hey, at the end of the day, it, it could have been completely different. I could have went to the, like, honestly, who knows what would the other side would have been. I could have went to the Air Force. I could have died in the war. Um, it's not that uncommon to happen. Well, that's right? why the who knows. Yeah. The who knows what could have happened. And if I didn't go the route that I did, I wouldn't have my kids, man. I wouldn't have the experiences that I've had. I wouldn't well, you have wouldn't have those kids. I wouldn't have those kids. I wouldn't. Well, maybe I wouldn't have no kids, but I wouldn't have the experiences that I have had 
over my life. And I yeah. think the experiences that I've had in my life, I'm super grateful for. I'm super grateful for the people that I've met. I'm super, super grateful for the relationships that I've had, whether they be good or bad. Um, it's just, yeah. I don't know. I think about it sometimes, though. When you have the cross, you know, in the road, yeah. you can go left or go right. And you always wonder what it could have been. Yeah. Like, I'm sure that that girl's thinking, like, I, I'm sure she thinks about that night, too. And she's like, I don't think so. <laughs> no, no, no. She thinks about it. It's just a little different. She's like, oh, my God. I'm so glad he didn't get off that couch. <laughs> oh, my God. Why didn't I get off that couch? <laughs> she's like, can you imagine how much different my life would be? No. Well, maybe. But she had a really strong personality. Mm-hmm. And she travels all over the world. And yeah. uh, I think I would have gone. Is the thing I? That's why I don't think I would have ended up here. So you have been a world traveler. She traveled back then, mm-hmm. all over the world. Oh, okay. So you would have been a world traveler. Maybe. Mm. Uh, and the pros and cons of it is like I wouldn't be as probably as close with my family as I am now. Yeah. Because I'd be, dude. Half the time I knew her, she's in Africa, or she's always doing yeah. different organizational uh, charity things or dude, whatever. Definitely see you like with like dreads, just <laughs> out in the middle of like some fucking African village. Why would I get dreads if I went to Africa? Because I could see so you. Hot. You would do dreads, bro. I've wanted dreads my whole life. I know. <laughs> I can see. My whole life I can I see dreads. you with dreads. I can see you with dreads. We should. We, you should grow dreads. The amount of commitment it takes to to grow dreads, I've never. Bro, not anymore. Jimmy Butler, come on, dude. You can have a little bit of hair one day and have full blown fucking. Yeah, maybe down extensions your butt and stuff. Yeah, I have extensions. Been, when when I wanted the dreads, fronts. I've always felt like if I could snap my fingers and just have the dreads, mm-hmm. I'd do it. Let's grow your hair a little bit. Let's I, get you extensions. Yeah, but please. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the thing they always the thing they always said was, however long your hair is, yeah, uh, half that length is what it would be in dreads. Yeah. So if I wanted long dreads. Do I have to grow my hair out? I just don't have the balls to do the ugly phase for like three years. Because you got to just grow it. Like I, to your brother. You don't even have to do three, dude. You got to go Their long. hair is way too long, like for extension dreads. Jimmy no, Butler? I'm not talking about extension dreads. I'm okay. just talking about natural dreads. Well, yeah. I don't want to talk about natural I wouldn't dreads. Do, I wouldn't do. I wouldn't do. Come on. Never. Please. It's so. <laughs> Please. <laughs> No, it's so silly. It's just showing up one day yeah. with long hair, and then all of a sudden, Amon. No, 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 no. Can you imagine showing up to work one day? It's, yeah, it's too nerdy, dude. It's way too nerdy. You can't show up with dress. You, you can put selling a fuck. Uh... Selling a car with uh... you can show up with dreads if you had long hair and turned them into dreads. You can't be like a bald head like me and then just show up because I've thought about it before. I've seen things where they can just your hair only needs to be this long, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they can weave it in there, yeah, exactly. God, can you imagine the shit you dude, take? Jimmy Butler did it, dude. Yeah, but Jimmy Butler, he showed diff- up on the court one day and it was short hair, and then the next day he had like these long dreads. I know, but the difference is. You don't see this dude. I don't. I saw him with dreads, but I don't know. I see him once every eight months. Yeah, you think you <laughs> I don't grew, know. You think you grew? Yeah, maybe thirty-two inch dreads. In well, eight also, I don't know black people hair. I don't know how if you pull it out, how long it gets. <laughs> Not thirty-six inch dreads overnight. Well, I don't know. 
Dude, everybody's doing the extensions. Just do the extensions. <laughs> With no hair. <laughs> I'm not doing it. <laughs> I don't know. It, but it had been rattling around in my brain. Mm. It rattles. It's one of those topics that anytime I hear someone talk about it, it just brings it right back up to me. Because mm. I have two or three. I was trying to think if I had another moment, like a crossroads moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, I... <laughs> There's never been one so profound yeah. of like, this is literally going to change your life. Like this and I think yours is also because you didn't get to go into the military. Yeah. If but you'd think, gone into the military, yeah. well, you'd be on your well, own. And it was all changed too, because there was a plan. Like I had a plan set in place. Like not a lot of high schools have a plan, but my plan was go to the military, do at least four years. And then I was going to come back out and I was going to go work with my uncle Mike in the movies. Um, he did like, uh, he does like key grip stuff <coughs> and he said, yeah, go to the military, do your four years. If you're done with that, come out and I'll get you a job doing key grip stuff. So I would have basically lived in LA and you don't think you would have done 20 stuff. years, done the whole thing. Probably not. I think about that now. Uh, one aspect. So like when I was growing up, my dad was really good at supporting whatever I was into. Mm-hmm. So if I was into music or in a band or whatever yeah. I was into. He's like, all right, we're all in. We're going this route. Yeah. One thing he didn't really do is tell me like, hey, these are things you can do now yeah. that in 15 years you'll be set up yeah, yeah. financially or mm-hmm. whatever that is. It was always in the now. Right. And I don't have any problem with that still, but it's just a different mindset. Yeah. And so sometimes I do think about it. I'm like, because I have high respect for military. Yeah. And... I've met people that put in their 20 years. Yeah. They're 38 years old. Yeah. They've got pensions for the rest of their life. They've yeah. got great insurance for the rest of their life. They're only 38 yeah. at that point. I know one guy, he's getting, I can't remember, it's like six or $7,000 a month. So why wouldn't you do that now then? Put in 20 years now? Yeah. Because then you're old by the time. I don't even know if they want me. You're going to put 20 years in anyways. No, I'm not talking about military per se, but. Oh, but I'm talking about military. When I think about military now, sometimes mm-hmm. I think about, man, if I would have just got right out of high school, gone right into the military, put in 20 years. Yeah. And then when you're out, you're, it's not like you're set for life, but man, you got to leg up on stuff. Yeah. You get six, seven grand a month. You can almost just go get a part-time job. New Walmart greeter. And make another, Hello. make another two grand a month. Welcome now to Walmart. Making eight to ten grand a month, thirty-eight years old. I don't know. You know, like, there's a lot of things they got to go through to get that. Man, there's a lot. Well, the twenty years would be tough for sure. Yeah, but you get in a rhythm of it, and well, yeah, it's not just a rhythm. You come. You, there's a lot of military guys that have a lot of stuff they're dealing with back in. Oh yeah. In, in well, depending, like that, you know, if you're going to war or if you're well, what deployed else you or. Especially going into military at our age, that was right after 9-11. We're going to war, dude. If, yeah. if you're we were, 18 And we were in war for 20 years, so your whole military career would have been war. So, I have a really complicated mental relationship with the military yeah. because I have high, high, high respect for the boots on the ground guys that are out there. Yep. In the Middle have East to, or wherever they're at, right? No. But then I'll see some other things. Like, have you ever seen the movie Stop Loss? I don't think so. Do you know what Stop Loss is? Mm-mm. So Stop Loss is when you do all your tours, you've mm-hmm. done everything you're supposed to do, mm-hmm. you're out. And 
to get stop lost is they just say, you're not out. We need you. You're going back. Mm. And you don't have a choice yeah. at that moment. And the movie Stop Loss, it's so good. It's a military movie. You should see it. Mm. But it's about these guys who all finish all their tours. They're celebrating because they're done. They've been yeah. in their years. They're done. And they all get stop lost. And so they all are forced Damn. to go back. Um, and so, and when you're watching this movie and you're watching these colonels and these high-ranking officers mm-hmm. talk to these guys mm-hmm. who are like, we're not going back. You can't make us go back. Yeah. You know, they're fighting it. And the attitude that they have is, you are going to go back, yeah. soldier. Yeah. Get your ass over there, soldier. Yeah. And as I watch it, I'm like, God, I hate yeah. these officers. Yeah. But I love the yeah. boots on the ground, like, yeah. so much... But it's all the same thing. Right. And I also, as a personal opinion, feel like those officers are, you don't know if you if they agree with it or not. They have to say that. Yeah. You're going back. Well, it's how you're programmed, and, and that's how it has to be. The military has to be programmed like that. You have to be pr- programmed to listen to your commanding officer because at the end of the day, you're jumping off of a plane or jumping off of a boat or going out of a base. You're in... You're going into a situation where you know the probability of you not coming back is extremely high. And if your mind doesn't work in the way of, like, I'm going to listen to what I'm told to do by my commanding officer, then the military doesn't work. It doesn't work, right? <clears throat> because if you're scared or if or if you let those feelings of scared or um, I don't want to do it, like, overcome, then you don't go. And then the military just doesn't work. Like so, that's why that's why they have systems in place to kind of break that barrier down of the you making a decision for yourself. These videos I see, dude, I'll go and it used to be like you'd see a bad cop, someone would film it and be like, dude, that guy's an asshole. Yeah. We're seeing it, dude. It's flipped now. I watch these videos and these people think they're filming the asshole cop. Yeah. And they're the asshole. Yeah. yeah. I'm watching. I'm like, you are poking this cop. Right. You can't do that. I know my rights. Dude, these people don't know shit. You don't know your rights. You're acting like you know your rights. Right. It's super. <clears throat> when I watch, I'm like, it's kind of flipped a little bit. Well, I used to watch videos and be like, dude, screw this cop. How dare them mm. act like this? Yeah. And now I watch some of these videos. I'm like, what a stupid human being yeah. sitting in the car talking like this, Just being an asshole. So uh, the disrespectful mm-hmm. and poking. I actually think, and maybe it's always been this way, and I'm just sort of realizing it now. But I think it's an intense, uh, very difficult position now because as a cop, you can't even react anymore. Mm-mm. They're poking at you and yelling in your face and, mm-hmm. and trying to get a reaction out of you. And even if you just say, like, dude, even if a cop comes over and puts their finger in your face and says, sit your ass down, now they're the bad guy. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, you've been poking him for five minutes, yeah. talking shit yeah. in his face. Well, it's always been. I think. It, I think to me, it's always been stressful for cops too. Like, I, I'm not on on. A, I'm not on board for the asshole cops that, you know, get these you know big chests about their position and think that they're there to like, you know, control everybody. Like, I'm not in agreement with that at all. There are bad cops out there for sure. But I also there was one statement that like resonated pretty good with me. Is you know when a cop pulls you over. You know who they are. They don't know who you are. So every every interaction that they have with somebody is pretty fucking tense, dude. 
Like, they're going into the situation blind. You know that they're a police officer at the end of the day. I know if I don't have any weapons on me, if I don't have, if I'm not going to cause any, um, you know, crazy situations, I might run into a shithead cop that's an asshole to me. But at the end of the day, on the other, the flip side, they're walking up to a window. They have no idea what's going on. They could walk up to your window. As soon as they get to your window, boom, get shot. Like, so for them, it's, it's, it's a pretty high intense situation. Do so you think that's a new though? Off. Do you think that's a new phenomenon? No, that's, that's always, that's always been. And so, yeah, like when, what a lot of people don't understand is cops for the majority of the time are almost always only dealing with the, the worst of society. Yeah. And so you kind of get on alert of dealing with shithead people all the time. So you, you tend to treat even normal people kind of like shitheads and then people get pissed about that. And I understand both sides of it. Like I'm, I understand both sides. It's like, Hey, if I'm, if I'm chill, if I'm a good guy and I'm chilling, I'm not causing any harm. There's no reason to uh, treat me like a dickhead. But I also understand, like, all you deal with is dickheads, so you're all in this high alert and bullshit and da 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 da. But I don't know. I saw it Rogan. I saw Rogan <clears throat> talking about. Um, he was telling a story one time that when he was younger, he was a bouncer mm-hmm. at a club, mm-hmm. and. And he was talking about this in the context of... I could so see Rogan as a bouncer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he was talking about, he's like, dude, in the beginning, you start off with a certain mindset, but you deal with so many stupid ass drunk people and aggressive people. And he's like, I think he said... You just kind of get sick of it. Well, I think he said he did it for only like six months. And he was like halfway through, you're standing there and you're looking at the crowd and you're no one's even done anything. You're picking people out. Yeah. He's like, all of a sudden, like you deal with enough crap that as you're standing there, you're like this guy, I'm a, Nope, not this guy. Oh, Oh, this guy wants to say something. They haven't yeah. even said anything yet. Yeah. He's like, but you get so programmed into it because you deal with yep. assholes so yep. many times. But now you can, but now you can pick them out. Like yeah. you've dealt with enough where you're like, I can almost spot them. Yeah. And it's gotta be the same exact way with, For with sure. police when they get in, they're already jaded. Yeah. I was going to ask you a question, though, because I've actually had this conversation with, like, and I haven't had the conversation. I've never, like, just asked somebody about it because, in my mind, like, it's never something that's come up. But, so, if a man gets pegged by his uh, female counterpart, does that make him gay? Or bring a, a sense of of gayness to him. Pegged as what? Pegged. What is pegged? Pegged as what? Pegged, pegged. as a jerk? No, pegged. Pig leg? Yeah. I don't know pegged. If, maybe. Maybe it's as big as a leg. It's a... Uh, All right, pull a that girl, up. A girl puts on a strap on. Oh, gay. And, and <laughs> gay. I don't even need to hear anything else. <laughs> gay. Mm-hmm. Yes, gay. Is it? How is it not? I don't know. For me, mentally, I'm like, I don't even think of that as a thing. Gay. Like if, if, I had, if, I, <laughs> if I was with a girl and she's like, hey, can we uh, put a strap on and like me do you? I'd be like, 
What the? F- <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. I'm, <laughs> I'm like, if you're a woman out there, I, I I know because a lot of this stuff has to be visual. Now I've never seen such a thing, but if I came home and I opened the it? front door and you're there with a girl and you're bent over and she's having her way, I just walk and go, gay, <laughs> and just walk back out. <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> Why? What's the difference? If it's not a strap on, is it gay? Mm, <sighs> obviously, I don't know, dude. <laughs> what a weird ass question. Well, Do you have me really wanting to ask him? No. We didn't say. This. We said military. We said cops. We said transgenders. Those we said gays. Good. I didn't say any of that. Well, me either. <laughs> Cut it out. The uh, <laughs> well, I don't know, bro. I don't even know where to go with it because. It's a super weird question to ask. It is, dude. It's a super weird thing that comes up every time. And I'm like... What do you mean comes up every time? What well, is that Because mean? I've heard... It's come up multiple times. And people are like, oh, yeah, ass play's cool. Like, yeah, I don't mind if my girl, like, eats my ass. I'm like... <laughs> I don't even know. I'm, not I'm like, world. I'm not into it, dude. Dude. I'm not into it. To be dude, single you- in 2023, <laughs> I think I've told you this before. I don't envy you at all. To be single in 2023? I don't know how you do it. The last time I was single, there was no dating apps. There was no Tinder. None of that stuff was around. So the people that you met were people... That shit sucks. But the people were people in your community. Yeah. Or they were people that Were friends of friends. Yeah. Through your community Mm -hmm. or through your work. Yeah. Or those type of things. Or you go to the bar. Kind of. Those are more like one night standers. Yeah. If you're really trying... I mean, I guess... Like I said, I don't have any experience with the dating apps. I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of hookup type of ones. Mm-hmm. But to be able to find... I don't know how you do it now. I mean, the fact that you're in it and living it, more power to you. Do what? Just meet. It? Oh. Well, meet. just meet oh, okay. new people. On apps, it's all strangers. It's super awkward, dude. It's super, If people... Act, like, when I was on the dating app stuff... The let's meet for coffee thing, uh, such a fucking pain in my ass. Like it was so like, it's like I don't go and just have random coffee with a random person ever. So anytime I ever did that, it just felt like an interview. Like it was like, how are you supposed to build chemistry off this or doing? Like let's go do something. Well, coffee's let's weird. Let's go have some fun. Let's go. Let's go climb or let's go to a show or let's go do something that like an actual date like a coffee date is so is that normal lame, is dude. a coffee date kind of a normal first hangout in that world um it's, it seems so like i asked on so many coffee dates like let's go have coffee i'm like i i don't want to fucking drink coffee at five o'clock at night like what are you talking about let's yeah. go have i don't know let's go have a beer if you don't drink beer fine let's go climbing you afraid of heights? Okay, cool. Let's go see a comedy show. Let's go or go to a movie or I mean the normal stuff. Or let's go do something that's not just sitting across from each other in a in a coffee bar with everybody else being friends around and me and you just being these strangers being like, so what kind of uh, mental health issues do you have in your family? Well, pl- yeah, and exactly. The other thing is. Everything's so polarized now. Yeah. You could be walking into a death trap, walking into a wokey or something like that, like mm. five minutes in. All right. 
Thanks for coming. Yeah, Just dude. Gone. Yeah, and I think that's what they're. Can you see those type is? of things on their profile? Like when you're what? scrolling through, let's say you see a girl. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, swipe on her. Uh-huh. But can you tell? Uh, I, from profiles or bios or whatever, can you tell like okay, we got a wokey? Because I have some I've seen on. Uh, well, there's certain people that that just put all of their like, all of their like, and I'm gonna call them political beliefs on their profiles. Do Those mo- people I always swipe left on. But do like, most of them do that? No, most don't do that. Most just say what they're interested in, like. But can you That's, tell? My question is, can you tell by looking at a profile, we've got a wokey person on our hands, or is it just a crapshoot? You go meet him, you're like, ooh, okay. I would say most of it's crapshoot, but at the same time, like, <clears throat> it should be fine. Like, I don't, like, I, I would be able to date somebody and have a relationship with somebody that had completely different views on most of that stuff than me. Yeah, but like, could they? I don't know if they could with you. I don't know if they could with me. But I I really don't care. Like at the end of the day, it's like yeah, we'll go on a date, find out, and if not, deuces. If so, because yeah. I saw a TikTok of a guy pointing out all these different profiles, and a lot of them were like, "If you're a Trump supporter, no need to swipe. I if would you're say, into this, yeah. if you have oh, a lot of them were, if you haven't had the jab, yeah, then I don't would, swipe. I would say I would say I see more profiles with if you're a Trump supporter don't swipe right or if you don't have the jab don't swipe right i would say I'd see, i see more of that well that's what i'm talking I about i don't though. i don't see i don't i didn't see as many of like hey i'm pro trump i did see some like there was some that was like hey if you're not conservative or da-da-da-da. being in utah though you do see a lot of um i'm lds looking for the same like type stuff right I thought they had their own apps, though. Dude, I don't even know. Every time I see an LDS person, a Mormon person, for the people that don't live in Utah, um, on, like, a dating app, to me, immediate red flag. Immediately a red flag. Just the Mormon thing? Yeah, being Mormon on a dating app, right? Red flag. The reason why I say it's red flag is because... I could go join the Mormon church tomorrow, and if I was single, I could go join the Mormon church and probably be married within six months. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, to me, if you're a woman and you're on a dating app and you're Mormon, there's something there. Something going on. There's something there that you can't go to church and find a husband. because Because... The Mormon Church, if you're a single person, is probably the easiest place to ever find somebody to be with. Well, I think that also women are more picky than men. Oh, for sure. And so... Well, and they get to be picky too, right? That's that's a weird thing about this like day and age. They get to be picky. They get to say like, oh, he's got to be six foot. He's got to be handsome. He's got to make this certain amount of money. He's got to be this, 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 this. Have all these expectations. But then if a man does in any way, and this is no slight on most women, because I know most women aren't like this, but um, if a man does in any way, he's like, hey, I don't want, you know, an an unhealthy, uh, fatter woman. Fuck it. Yeah. A fat 
woman. I don't, <laughs> I don't want I don't want somebody that's fucking fat and nasty, dude. Like bro, all tiptoeing take, around it. Take care that's of yourself. Sad. Take care of yourself a little bit. You don't have to be fucking like a fitness model, but like you know, don't be fucking three hundred pounds. You know, or I want a woman that takes care of herself. I want a woman that you know, it, when we go out, is gonna get ready to go out. Like I'm gonna do those same things as a man, right? Why can't I say that as well? If if you can say that I have to be handsome, I have to be a certain height, I have to make a certain amount of money. Is that what you're saying out there? Yeah, the, the, the girls will put it on their profiles no matter what. If you're below six feet, don't reach out to me. It's like, bitch, you're five one. But I do you also think. Uh, okay, so do you think a six foot one man or six foot two, six foot three? A six foot and above man that's looking to find a partner and like have children with and get married with and everything like that is looking for a woman that's six or five one. Like if you if you're thinking about breeding, like if you're realistically thinking about breeding and trying to make like you think people think little about that? humans. Well, uh, women are obviously. No, I want a man that's six one. But like you okay. think that's based on breeding, so, though. So do you you think a man that's six one that wants you? He's gonna have a kid, and his kid's gonna be five five. <laughs> if, what if he's a man? Then he's gonna be man in five five, and then fucking women are gonna hate him. Well, my point though like, was what? my I'm point. I'm marry a chick that's fucking six seven. But I was saying that women get probably what, what do you think? Ten times more DMs, if not more. Than Ten that? times. A hundred times. Hundred times, two hundred times more. Way more. I've never gotten. I went a, on. I I've went, never gotten a DM ever from a rando that was trying to hit on me or anything like that. Never. But I talked to. I've talked to other women. They're like, "Oh my god, dude! Every day it's these yeah. random dudes yeah. shooting their shot." Yeah. I feel like when these things get introduced into culture, yeah. um, several things, Chat GPT, all that stuff. I feel like when it gets introduced into the culture. Yeah. There's an original idea of what it's supposed to be, oh. and then it ripples out. Yeah. I feel the same way about this podcast. Yeah. Like, I don't know what it's supposed to be. You never know. It, it'll organically turn into whatever it's going to turn into. Yeah. And if you go out with a dude every single night or three or four times a week, mm -hmm. there's a chance you're going to meet a dude that's a super creep and yeah. a a dangerous type dude yeah. puts you in a situation you don't want to be in. Sure. Those are the ripple effects. Yeah, yeah. The great idea was what an awesome way to meet people. Yep. Even if it turned, I don't think Tinder was originally designed to be a hookup app, but I think they made apps after Tinder because mm -hmm. Tinder became a hookup app. I don't think it was intended to be that. The point that we're talking about, the ripple effect that, in my opinion, social media has ruined most things. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think when we were growing up, it was who are my immediate people? Yeah. Who's in my community? Yeah. And that's all you really think about. Yeah. And then you go read newspapers or go online or whatever you want to do to learn about what you want. Yeah. But social media has made the pros and cons. I think the ripples effect is still going on, but you remember the documentary on Netflix mm -hmm. that talked about what was yeah. it called? Social experiment. Yeah. I think it was. Is that yeah. was social experiment? Yeah, I think so. And they were talking about 14-year-old girls and 13-year-old girls and what they're going through, something I have no idea yeah, yeah. about. Yeah. I didn't experience that at yeah. all. You do one thing stupid, 
And it ruins you're your life. You're cooked. Yeah. You're cooked. By the time social media was and in here full we are effect. putting it out for the world. Yeah, ever. but <laughs> by the time social media was in full effect, I don't give a shit yeah, <laughs> about yeah, a yeah. bad comment. Yeah, I, I laugh. I think they're yeah. funny. I'm like stoking the fire trying to get a comment. <laughs> Just so you Come guys on. know. Come on, All those comments me. on uh, YouTube were hilarious. We loved them. We take them super serious and yeah. we'll change our ways. I cried a little bit <laughs> out of laughter. You know, social media... <laughs> The, the crazy thing is, is that it actually, um, all these new avenues for making money, yeah. right? So there's these avenues for making money with advertising. Uh-huh. And so maybe that's a pro yeah. uh, that came with it. But at the same time, I feel like because you can advertise on social media, like there's no like regulations or anything. Because there's so much shit out there that's just fake. It's just completely fake. Like, and you advertise it as real and you get somebody to buy it and they buy it. And so it's like quick buck shit. It's like quick buck but shit. But I'm just talking about an avenue of making money. So oh, yeah. whether it's bullshit or not, mm-hmm. the influencer is making money. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's it developed a whole new industry for making money. Mm-hmm. Aside from and and so aside from that though, now you've got. I mean the ne- I don't know the negatives of social media mm. seem to outweigh the pluses. Yeah. And to me, it seems like some of it depends on your age. Mm-hmm. In China, their algorithm, when you go on there, it's about country pride, mm-hmm. mathematics, yeah. science. It's yeah. community, mm-hmm. being together. Yeah. It's uh, it, I don't even know where to go with it. It almost seems like a new form of, not a new form of Inte- war. Intellectual warfare. Yeah. Yeah. Some sort of warfare where you're like, hey, you dumb, if I can you get dumb down your your you opponent, dumb, you, if you can dumb down your opponent and get them thinking about the apple over here, then they forget about the banana over here. But even the news back then, I think, was different than it is now. I think the news is more divisive now yeah. than it was then. It's because Ron Jeremy, Ron Jeremy, fucked it up. Hmm? Not Ron Jeremy. <laughs> Ron, Ron Burgundy. <laughs> We're talking about Ron Jeremy again? <laughs> Ron Jeremy's dick just <laughs> fucked everything up. <laughs> you know, Ron, Ron Burgundy, man. I don't know. Listen, bro. Yeah. We can blame everything that's going on. On Ron Jeremy. On Ron Jeremy. Yeah, fuck you, Ron Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> He's responsible. He's responsible. All right. Pot over, bro. Pot over, dog. Pot, oh, bro. Seven. We did pretty good. We did pretty good. We get home. Oh. Pot five in the books. RFK. RFK, baby. Bye-bye. For my real fans. <laughs>